What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Berry, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about magic. There is a great curiosity when we see someone pull the coin out of our ear or where we see something disappear and then it reappears in a place we didn't expect at all. But there's a lot of correlation between performing magic tricks that wow the crowd and getting sales for our products and services. We're gonna talk about that connection and you are going to leave this episode knowing how to get more sales for your product using a new mindset that revolves around magic. Our guest who joins us today, he is an award-winning magician considered by many to be the new face of magic. He has performed all over the world, including for Fortune 500 companies like CBRE Real Estate and the Philadelphia Phillies the Philadelphia Union, the world-famous Claridge Hotel in Atlantic City, and a bunch of other places as well. Today, we've got him performing for us on Breakthrough Success, and he is none other than Jake Schwartz. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm fired up now. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Jake, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And we were talking a little bit about this before we started. Magic is something where when you see it happen, it's one of those things that brings out the genuine curiosity where you want to know how the trick happened, how that guy pulled out the nine of spades, which is the one card in the deck that you happen to pull out to. There's a lot of things that we look at and we're curious. And when it comes to our products, not everyone is feeling curious about products in the same way. I'm wondering, how do we build up that genuine curiosity that you've been able to see when you perform your magic tricks and then apply that to products and services? Wow, that actually is such a great question. It's something that I, I don't get asked a lot. So I think this is kind of a really cool little bit of insight. For me, when you're doing a magic trick, Context is everything. And that's what pulls people in and gets them invested in the trick. If I show you my empty hand, that does not generate any intrigue at all. But if that empty hand two seconds ago had a coin in it and the hand was closed and then it opened and then it's empty, now that empty hand generates curiosity and generates interest. And so similarly, when you're talking about trying to sell whatever it is, getting in the room with the right people and setting up the right context where you can create a desire for whatever it is that you're selling, that can be so important in terms of generating sales for yourself. And just to kind of give you a quick example, most of what I do is for either theaters or uh, companies for corporate events or even university engagements and things like that. That's what I do. But if I go to a supermarket and start talking to the cashier, about my magic shows and how great they are, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate. It's not the right context, right? And so generating that curiosity, that intrigue in whatever it is that you are selling needs to come from the context, just like generating interest in my empty hand only comes because you just saw a coin in it two seconds ago. I love that. I mean, Jake touches on a really great point, the context. And we were talking a little bit about audience as well in there because... The common example marketers like to use is if you're selling meat and you're selling to a vegan, 
they're not going to want to hear. And you could have like the greatest tasting meat or it could be the healthiest. They're not going to buy it because they're vegan. So you have to show your magic tricks to the crowd that is going to be interested and frame your magic tricks to get that crap. So having that empty hand, like who cares? Having a coin in your hand and then empty hand is like you have questions and you're inviting the intrigue. You're exactly right. And a lot of times as salespeople or as people who own a business, especially one that we're passionate about, we know how valuable our product or service is. And so, so often we ask ourselves, how do I, how do I better tell these people that, that what I have is so great? How do I just make them see how great it is? And we ask, how do we get more sales? How do we get this? How do we get that? And that's very, a, a, self-focused question. And and maybe you're asking the wrong question altogether. For me, I noticed the biggest jump in sales and, and, and I was generating more sales at a higher rate when instead of asking, how do I get more sales? I asked, how do I get myself in the right room? How do I get myself in front of the right people? Because then you're already starting off with people who are qualified for what you offer, for people who are most likely, you know, obviously there's no guarantees ever, but most likely going to be interested in what you have to offer. And finding that specific group that you know you can sell to is how you can carve out a little niche for yourself. And so sometimes instead of asking, how do I get more sales? Ask, how do I get in the right room? That is a great insight. And it goes to my business freelance writing, because if I go on a place like Upwork or some other LinkedIn, where people are actively looking for, I don't have to convince them that having someone write their content is important. They know they're looking for someone. You just have to prove that you're the solution to their request. So being in that right room is important. I went to a magic show a few years ago and it was just one of those things that went for like an hour or two. I'm not sure how long it was, but you were like on the edge of your seat the whole time, like trying to figure out how the guy did stuff and like having no idea how the guy did stuff. But Jake, I'm sure that you've had so many magic tricks that you've performed and you only have a limited window. I'm sure some of your presentations and some of your shows go an hour, two hours. Sometimes you'll get like 15 or 30 minutes. And for businesses, you've got so many different products or services that you offer. And products and services, you could reach out to more people, but then it's like, which ones do you choose? So I'm wondering, Jake, if you could share with us how you choose between your magic tricks and how that can connect with businesses choosing which products and services to focus on. Well, for me, I I don't know if there's necessarily a selection that is so intentional in terms of my magic tricks in the sense that I kind of am looking at a particular list and then I go, not this one, yes, this one. Not That's not so much my process personally. When I come up with a routine and and I go to put it on stage, I usually think about the message, whatever I want to say through that magic trick. And then it's just kind of a matter of finding the right trick, the best vehicle through which to deliver that message to an audience. And that's just how I kind of think about it. So I don't know if there's as much of a priority list for me, but I will say, in generally speaking, trying and failing is so important. And, and that's really my selection process. It's just trying and failing. If I think something could be funny or cool or amazing for an audience, I'll try it out and I'll put it kind of in the middle of my show and I'll surround it with two tricks that I know are going to be good to kind of give it a little safety buffer there. But I'll try it. And if it fails, I'll tweak it and try it again. 
And eventually you kind of learn what works and what doesn't that way just by getting out there and doing it. And the same thing is true with sales. You know, you mentioned LinkedIn. There was a while right after I graduated college when I did a really heavy, intense, like LinkedIn marketing effort. I I focused so much time and energy on getting new connections. And uh, I had a a script that I would send them introductory messages, follow-up messages, the whole nine. And I had a couple people who were interested, but by and large, I didn't really close that way. I didn't really close uh, shows on LinkedIn. It, It seems like it made sense. And maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'll try it again in the future. Who knows? But for now, you know, learning what doesn't work can sometimes be equally as important as learning what does. I would love to go into LinkedIn a little bit more. I mean, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, that is something that works really well for a lot of people. One of the issues with the platform is that when it's a secret, it's really cool, but it's not a secret. So like everybody's using it. Like I go into my LinkedIn messages and it's like, I know what's going to happen here. I know you're doing the greeting, the warm welcome. I know you're going to lead into the product, but barely have any idea who I am. You just skimmed at my stuff to like form enough of a context. Like it's stuff like that is really cool when it's a secret, but then everybody knows about it and everyone forgets about personalization. I'm wondering, you mentioned LinkedIn marketing and that not working out, something you could definitely try again if you feel like going that direction. What was the thing that worked for your business? Because like we were rattling off some of the organizations that, you did magic shows for like, that's an incredible list. And I feel like people look at something like a sports team or a fortune 500 company think, how do I get in there? Like, what was the stuff that works for you? Well, in terms of the LinkedIn thing, you're, you're absolutely right that a lot of times what I found is I would reach out to somebody and want to talk about my magic shows and they would reach out and say, and want to talk about their, whatever it is that they do. And so it's kind of, nobody's really in it for the right reasons. And so that can be sort of uh, problematic, but that's not to say that that specific space is impossible. For me personally, I love talking on the phone with people. I know that if I can get somebody on the phone, they're very likely to see the value in what I have because I'm a people person. That's just who I am. I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. I know it's what I'm good at. And so there are other people who might not be as good as uh, at me in, in that sphere, in that people. They're, they're not as much of a people person. So they prefer to sell via email or via text message or via whatever it is. And so you got to find out what method works for you? When are you closing the most? Is it when you're talking to people? Is it when you're at a trade show? Is it when you're on LinkedIn? Is it when you're doing cold emails? Is it when you're doing cold calls? Right? There's all these different options. And so you got to just mostly figure out what works best for you. That what works best for you, that is such an important line that I feel like they look over. Like LinkedIn is going to work really well for some people. I think like the way I approach LinkedIn, I create more content on that platform and lean more heavily on the content than outreach. Other people, outreach works very well for them. I would definitely recommend personalizing it so the person knows that you at least gave it some thought instead of copy-paste rubric. But again, people have different methods of success. One of the things I want to get into, because I know that as marketers, like we're all just trying to promote our business, we all try different things. How do you stay in your lane instead of there is this discovery phase you want to explore, but you don't want to go into stuff that's going to take you away from your lane. So with all the different marketing opportunities around you, how do you stay in that lane and focus on being your best you instead of following someone else's case study that has nothing to do with your brand? 
Right. Well, one of the things that my dad always said to me and that I say to a lot of people as well is specificity is key, right? I remember even there, and and, and this sounds so simple in concept, but it's very difficult to actually implement. It's one of those things that, oh yeah, I, I can understand that. But then when you go to do it, it's much harder to actually do it and do it well. But specificity is key. You need to know who you are looking to work with, right? And so I even, and even I, I know adults that I, I know somebody who just started a, a, a THC company and I said, who are you, who's your target audience? Who are you selling to? And he goes, anybody that wants. And that was like, oh, that's not you know the right you're done. answer. You know you're done. <laughs> right. And that's why a lot of people spin their wheels because they think, well, I just, I just want to give it to this person and this person and this person and give it to anybody that wants. And that sounds great in theory, but especially when you're just getting started explore different niches. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to, to pick a lane and stick in it no matter what, even if you hate it, right? Explore for me as a magician. I tried doing kid shows. I did summer camps. I did elementary schools in the beginning. And I, I just found it wasn't really for me. I preferred the corporate world or doing theaters or doing other things like that. And so I have a very specific, in, in my journey of, of my career, I've created a very specific avatar of the exact type of person that I want to work with. And so that has allowed me to sell more because I'm targeting my brand specifically for that person. And that person is going to look at me and go, oh, this guy is what I need. Right. And so that is something that that's really important. That, that would probably be the main thing or a little nugget of advice that I'd give to anybody out there who is either just starting out or feels like they're spinning their wheels. See if you can get more specific, more exclusive with the type of person that you want to work with. That is my favorite approach also. You go super broad in the beginning. You're just seeing if this is the type of audience you want to engage with and do your magic shows for. and then. You get a little bit more narrow, more focused. That narrow and more focused, a lot of businesses can get scared by that because you are reducing your pool of potential customers. But then you really speak to that audience instead of trying to speak to everybody. You mentioned the avatar, Jake. I'm wondering if you can go a little bit into detail of how deep you go when creating that avatar. There's a lot of different ways that we can approach. I'm wondering what's your approach for that has allowed you to create your customer avatar. Well, it depends on kind of the criteria that you're looking for for your business. If I'm looking to hire an elementary school teacher, the criteria and the specific parameters that I'm going to put on the type of person I'm looking for are different than if I'm looking to, I don't even know, if I'm looking to you know hire somebody to just to go back to our old example, work the cashier at a grocery store, right? Just the, the, the parameters are different. Right. Or, and just like the parameters would be different if I'm looking for a voiceover actor versus if I'm looking for a magician or if I'm looking for anything else. And so for me, I wanted to work with, with people who would have an audience that is fit for my show. My show is really written for people at the broadest possible parameters. I, I like performing for. 13 and up for 15 and up um, if it's in a theater type setting, but really 18 and up for my corporate shows that can handle kind of the discussion. Cause I talk about a lot of complex ideas in my show. I talk about anxiety and I talk about gaining confidence and I talk about how to build momentum in life and, and everything like that and be successful in anything you do. And so those are complicated ideas. Those are complex topics that require people to kind of buy in and enjoy the process and the show. And of course, 
gauging my relative position in the entertainment industry in general, and uh, also my my level, my talent, my quality of show that I know that I have, those things allow me to set parameters on the type of person that is going to want what I have. I mean, just knowing what you talk about, what your product is, you're going to immediately eliminate some potential customers. And that is a good thing because then you focus more on who you want to serve and you're able to know which opportunity is a great opportunity versus one that kind of takes you away from what it is you want to do. When it comes to marketing, that's just a way to get your product out to more people. But the product has to be good in order for people to come back, not ask for refunds, and most importantly for the marketer, word of mouth sales. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, I know you've got some steps that go into creating a good magic trick. And I wonder if you could share what that process looks like and how it can transition into running a successful business. Yeah, so this is really cool. This is something I I, I kind of realized. I didn't even come up with it, but it was just kind of a realization not that long ago. And I just realized that the three steps to creating a good magic trick can also be the three steps to achieving success in anything. So let me break this down for you in as quick and as simple a manner as I can. Step number one, if you want to learn a magic trick, the first step is that you need to admit that you don't know something. Of course, it's not usually an active admission, but it is. If you want to learn a magic trick, you need to admit, I don't know how this works and I want to learn. If you want to be successful in anything, you need to be willing to admit, I don't know everything. When I was doing my LinkedIn stuff, I asked people who were better at it than me, who had already done it. And I said, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? And that's something that we, we, we have a lot of trouble swallowing our pride because we want to be positioned as an expert. We want to be positioned as established and we want to be positioned as someone who's successful. And we think that asking for help or admitting that we don't know is conflicting with that image, but it is the exact opposite. So that's step number one. You got to admit that you don't know something when you don't know something. Step number two, if you want to learn a good magic trick after you've learned the secret to it, you need to practice it. You need to do it in your room or wherever you are, your house, a million times over and over and over again in front of the mirror, in front of your close friends and your family until you get it right. You need to rehearse it. And so here, repetition and consistency is key in whatever you do. Nobody gets ripped by going to the gym one time. You need to go on a consistent basis. If you want to be successful, you need to develop successful habits and execute them on a consistent basis. So consistency, that's number two. Number three is, of course, once you've practiced the magic trick and you've learned the magic trick, you need to then perform the magic trick and you need to be able to show it to other people. And that is so important. It's probably the most important part. Of course, Nobody gets to experience magic if nobody shows them a magic trick. But really, whether you're selling a service, a product, or just you're an employee of somebody else, you need to be able to communicate your value to other people. Because you could have the best whatever you want in the world, product or service in the world, but if you can't communicate that value to other people, you will never sell anything. And so being able to relate to people, being able to communicate your value to others is so, so important. And that to me lines up with actually performing a magic trick and being able to connect with an audience. So those are the three steps. Always be looking to learn something new and admit when you don't know something. Practice successful habits on a consistent basis and communicate your value to other people. 
I love that breakdown. It's so simple. I think one of the things that some people may have a challenge with is like, you admit you don't know something. If you do that to yourself, like, you know, one of those like internal things, it's easy. When you have to ask for help, it gets a little bit more difficult. But if you ask for help once, it gets easier over time. Like me, I don't think twice when I ask for help because like, I'm used to it. I'm used to putting myself out there and saying like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I'm used to it. And you learn a lot by putting yourself out in that manner. What I think a lot of people may struggle with is that transition from practicing in private to performing in public. And I think this is especially the case for people who maybe they're shy or they haven't had that much time performing or they're worried about what other people think. What's your advice for people to get from that stage where they've practiced to the point where they're perfectionists? to just performing and being willing to make mistakes? Yeah, well, first of all, performing can mean a bunch of different things. For me, it means literally performing on a stage in front of an audience, but performing for you could just be picking up the phone and making a cold call, or performing could be going into a meeting and you know being prepared and, and seeming like an expert. There's a bunch of different ways that, that we as business people perform on a day-to-day basis. And so a lot of it comes from, for me, I used to get really bad stage fright, and I boiled it down to what, what am I actually afraid of? And, and I would say, well, I'm afraid of, of, I don't know, I'm afraid of, of looking bad. Okay, well, what does that actually mean, right? What if, what if you look bad? Well, I'm afraid of the trick not going well. Okay, well, what if it, what if it doesn't go well? What does that actually mean? And, and I boiled it down to, I was afraid of what other people think. And when you can get down to that core fear and know what it is, you can then better release it. And at a certain point, you got to realize, look, if you don't take risks, in life in general, I mean, there's, you can't expect anything in return. Life begins outside your comfort zone. And so getting over those fears, which of course will get easier the more you do it, but you have to take that first step if you want to be achieve any sort of success. And so I kind of had a, how do I say this without cursing? I, I had a screw it attitude where at a certain point, I just said, look, I, I love being on stage. This is what I want to do. I'm afraid. And I care what other people think, but screw it. I'm just going to not. I'm just going to decide to say, screw it. And I'm going to try really, really hard on stage. And whatever happens, happens. And so uh, at a certain point, you, you will get to that point. And once you are able to cross over and, and start exploring outside your comfort zone, you'll find that that's when you take the biggest leaps forward. Going out of the comfort zone is very scary, but once you do it more often, you don't think about it as much. You like the thrill of the adventure and seeing what you can do. I feel like you do get to that point after enough performing, after enough of I've practiced, I need to transition into that next stage of the journey. When it comes to growing a business, there are a lot of transitions you have to make. It's a matter of admitting you don't know it, putting into practice, and then performing, making it happen. Jake is someone who makes it happen for a lot of companies who hire him to perform his magic shows. Jake, where do we go to learn more about all the exciting work you're doing? To learn more about me, you can visit my website, which is www.jakeofspades.com. Almost like Jack of Spades, the playing card, except my name is Jake. So it's jakeofspades.com. And I'm at the magic of Jake Schwartz on all social medias. Breakthrough Success listeners, we will have those links in the show notes. Make sure you follow Jake and his work. Jake, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me.